Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee, Dave Keener. Hey, Dave. Hey, D.B. Who do we got on today? So, on tonight's show, we have another ECW original. I'm just happy you didn't say I have a man on the line. Well, you always have a man on the line anyway. <laughs> but that's a different number that we're calling. We're not calling this number. It's a completely different number. Okay. No, not George. We're not calling I know, George. We're calling, no, we're calling so, here we have the Rottweiler. Oh. C.W. Anderson. You didn't, well, you, 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 you didn't cut through. That, that's his bit. I don't want to steal his bit. I know, you didn't cut through when you did it. I, I yeah. don't, don't want to steal his cut I'll, I'll, I'll give you him. a little small story. A um, bunch of my uh, friends were at the ECW arena were C.W. Anderson fans. And they had their own little fan club. So every time With the pizza around, boxes. What's that? With the pizza boxes, With the pe- yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, Brian uh, Sosha, Paul Carboni, and George Baxter. George Baxter and all the all the um, Chai Chester kids. Well, you know, you know George Baxter. George Baxter later became the wrestler named Billy Bax. Yes. Yeah. All the guys yes. went to ECW shows, and and yeah. I, I was working every day. Carboni and his big kids <laughs> while he was there. <laughs> that was my that was my little fan club that I loved, man. I loved coming out and seeing the P, the CW pizza boxes. That was awesome. <laughs> they're they're all my friends, and I grew up with them. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool having you on. I sent a message to um, Sersha. But he never wrote back. I was like, oh. he never does. So he does, but he's always busy. He's always on the road. So right, I'll get him to maybe for part two. <laughs> so um, I would love to see hear your origin story. Um, give us a little um taste of uh, your background and all. Oh wow, um, I I'm not one of your typical wrestlers that wanted to be a professional wrestler. That uh, anything along those lines. I actually hated professional wrestling growing up. Um, my brother um, wanted to watch it, or actually my brother did watch it, and I was watching Saturday Night Live a lot because that was the days of Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, you know, it was, it was the mid to early 80s. The original um, Not Ready for time, Primetime Players. Yes. Yeah, 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 The one it was really good. Um, and around here, we lived outside of Raleigh, North Carolina, Back about where I still live in the same area, and we had NWA. So he's he watched that every every Saturday. Um, and one Saturday morning, he said, "Look, just watch it with me. You don't have to. You don't have to like it. You don't have to care." He said, "I just want you to watch one match with me, and if you don't like it after that, I'll never ask you again." So I said, "All right." And my brother's three years younger than I, so I sat down with him and watched it. And it was the Rock and Roll Express versus Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev. This match is actually on YouTube. Uh, I found this out not too long ago. It was July fifth, nineteen eighty five. I think it was 84-85. Anyway, it was Ricky Morton, Victory Rolls, Uncle Ivan, and they win the NWA belts. And I remember Kevin and I jumping around, of course, like little kids like we were, because the Americans had just beat the Russians, and I was hooked. From there on out, we watched wrestling all the time. We used to pull the mattresses in the living room and, you know, jump and play wrestling and stuff. And then I got my friends involved in it, and we were wrestling out in the backyard and mattresses and stuff. Of course, when we were suplexing and slamming, we were actually doing it because, you know, we didn't know wrestling was a work. Um, and that lasted for a little while. And then um, uh, they had a guy that lived a few miles from here that was doing some independent stuff. And he was uh, renting a, a house from a friend of ours, a friend of mine's mother. And, you know, long story short, a bunch of guys kept coming around. And he had a wrestling ring and he was training us and putting on little shows for, for families and stuff, like literally in the backyard. Uh, and I think that lasted me for about six months because I was kind of a baseball prodigy. And when my baseball coach found out what I was doing, he immediately made me stop doing it because he said he didn't want me to get hurt because I had such a good chance of going pro. He didn't want me to screw those chances up. But he thought I was good enough to go pro. And I really never did. Um, 
I knew I had a gift, but I didn't really realize how good I was. Um, so baseball came calling, got drafted. When that fell through, I was went got a real job. I was uh, in McDonald's one day and saw a guy that I was was wrestling with back then and asked him what he was doing. He said he was actually still wrestling, but they were doing it in armories and things like that now. And he was like, you should come with me. We got a show this Saturday in the same town that we were saw at McDonald's. Got in the ring with him early. At, went to the show early, got in the ring, rolled around and literally caught the bug of being in a wrestling ring of that, that size. Because, you know, being in the backyard when you're 16 years old, wrestling in front of your family don't mean shit to what it did when I got in the ring then. So it um it just kind of took off, man. It, it started wrestling more. And like one of my very first shows, there was some two guys running the Anderson gimmick there who gotten permission from Gene um, before he had passed away. And one of the guys was about what I am now, 50. And he was retiring or calling it quits. And his partner, whose name is Pat Connors, um, was looking at a tag partner. Saw me, even though I had a goatee and light hair, I looked more like the big boss man that I did in Anderson. Um, I looked, that's what, that was my nickname in college was boss man because I looked so much like him. Um, he said, you know, give me the whole spill on me and Anderson. Would I like to tag with him and become one? I was like, shit, yeah, why not? So he told me to grow, you know, grow your beard out and come up with a three letter name because he was Pat and he had Ole and R and we tried to kind of keep that going. So for a couple of weeks, man, I was, I come up with like Ike and Cal and that was only two things I could, I remember nowadays that I came up with and we were doing an interview right before a show one day and I couldn't come up with anything. And I looked at one of the wrestling managers who was also my, my longtime baseball coach named Randy Driver. And I said, Mr. Randy, I said, I don't have a name to be an Anderson. He said, I just use your initials and call you CW. It just went from there. You know, one thing led to another. I ended up training. I started training some people, um, even though I didn't know, really knew what I was doing, but they got me to train people. And one of them turned out to be Lodi, Brad Kane, who um, was Raven's sign guy. And um, he had gone through the power plant and he got me to go through the power plant after that. And one day he got, got my trial. Well, he didn't get a trial for me. He got a trial for his partner who I was running the roads with at ECW. And, and then that, you know, that whole infamous story, uh, that how I got my job there. So that's kind of how my origin started with wrestling. Okay, Just you, traveling, doing stuff around the Mid-Atlantic. So I, I want to go back a little bit. You said sure. you were drafted. What mm-hmm. team drafted you? San Diego Padres, 1989. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Um, we just played them too. One of my one of my friends, um, his dad was a pitcher. He got drafted and that didn't go far. But I was a I was a catcher. Um, okay. I was this is like before the Latin explosion hit. My idol was Benito Santiago uh, because I was able to do the thing he could do. I could throw from my knees. Because when the this, this Padres came, they came one All Star. I was playing All Stars one one weekend, and they came to scout our pitcher, whose name was Steve Jones. And then when they clocked him, they noticed that I was throwing from my knees at a uh, hard, and they didn't really notice how hard until they clocked me. And they, they clocked me at 90 from one knee to second base. Oh, nice. um, and I would, I could, I picked people off first. I could pick them off. I picked them off second, picked them off third. It didn't matter what they were on. If you got too much of a lead, I, I like showing my arm off and I was accurate. Um, you know, even to show you how, even when I blew my arm out about seven months later, uh, I was playing softball about four years ago and was playing third base and my brother was playing first. And it, so I think I was 44 at the time and threw from third base from one knee and broke his thumb for the, it hit so hard. Um, I still throw hard. I, you know, I haven't thrown in a couple of years, but at that time I was still throwing hard. So I yeah. I grew up watching a Noel Padre player. Um, got drafted. Um, got was on the team. Um, watching him play baseball back in the day, named Ben Davis. Back in the Aston area. Hey, I work with him. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, when I was a kid, I always went over to 
the CBL field to watch him play for the Chai Crusaders, I think they were, and watch yeah, the, the, for the high school. Yeah, it's Crusaders. They, weren't, they, yeah. Didn't play, they didn't play for Chai, but they played for the, the league. Yeah. yeah, Ben Ben Davis is actually a commentator for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, he is. But it was kind of cool, cool, like growing up watching Ben. My dad umpired his games too, and big guy. <laughs> my dad is a big guy. No, no, no. Oh. Ben. <laughs> oh, I know Ben's a big guy too. I watched him play. You know what I mean. Uh, my my baseball coach, my most of my entire life, and wanted him getting me CW. He was, he knew his stuff about baseball. He uh, he was one of those historians that could tell you everything, and he was very smart when it come to it. And I remember him telling. It was talking sometime, and it got back to me because he told the guy told my parents this. Um, he said Chris is one of the best catchers I've ever watched, I've ever seen. And the guy goes, Yeah, for you know being 16, 17 years old. He goes, No, I don't. Because wow. umpire, um, umpires used to tell me it was like it was a privilege to call a game with me. Um, just the way I framed, the way I called a game. Uh, they said I was very intelligent as a catcher. Um, and, you know, shit, I could do a split back then to get low pitches. Uh, I was good at blocking balls. I didn't let the umpires get hit. Um, but everybody, the one thing that my team always used to joke about is I would always keep them on their toes because if there was anybody on, I don't care how many steps they got away from them. I felt like I could throw them out and pick them off, I would. But I like showing my arm off. You know, that was, that was the one thing I had. I have, I have white boy speed and average bat. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, best advice you've ever been given? Huh? Best. The best advice that anybody's ever oh. given you? Wrestling, even in baseball. Yeah. Um, if you think you're slow, going too slow, slow down more. Dallas Page told me that. No, that's good advice. Yeah. I, had, I have had several. I have, you know, one of the sto- one of my infamous stories that I tell, and Ricky Morton actually tells this story as well, was the first time I wrestled Ricky, I wanted to do all these stupid things because I was doing, you know, I'm a, I'm a mark for Bobby Eaton, like huge mark, still am today. And I'll tell you a story about him at ECW in a few minutes. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know. That's why Chris and I got, got along so well. Um, but I want to do, you know, I had, I did the leg drop off the top rope. I did pretty much everything Bobby did. And I was going to do it, want to do all these crazy things. And Ricky Morton told me, he grabbed me by both my shoulders. He said, CW, listen to me, buddy. Okay. He goes, I'm going to go out there and take your little finger and I'm going to work that and get over more than you are doing those stupid moves. On the outside, I mean, sure, Ricky. I said, I'll do whatever you want to. On the inside, I went, whatever. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm 23 years old. You know, I'm 23 years old. Just start. Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I learned a lesson that day because Ricky went out there, got over way more, and not doing shit and me doing my stupid moves that I did. So that and the whole less is more along with if you think you're slowing down, slow down more was my my pretty much. And I actually tell that in all my seminars because that has gotten me the furthest. That's why I was so slow in my thoughts because anytime I want to go crazy and get amped up because of my adrenaline, I would just think about what Dallas Page told me at Raven's house one night. If you think you're going slow, slow down more. That would have been, had to been a great party. <laughs> you know what? The thing the thing was, was when I was at the power plant, me being Lodi's teacher, I got to know Raven quite well. So, and, and Toad, Toad was one of, Toad, his name's Curtis White. He wrestled as Toad, that Raven given that name. So we knew Raven. And while we were down at the power plant, we used to go stay at Raven's all the time when he wasn't there. And for the love of God, I can't remember his roommate's name at, from right now, but we used to go hang out with him. And when Raven was in town, you know, it was we'd hang out with him. So one night we're there, and ba- Dallas comes in, and of course I, I had never met him, and sit down, introduce ourselves, and talking about the power plant. And I asked Dallas if I could ask you one question, and 
what's some advice that you would give me that could last me through my career and would take me far and, you know, help me go to another level? And he said, if you think you're going slow, slow down more. He said, that helps me the most because, you know, he was older when he got into wrestling. Yeah. Uh, saved his body. And it goes to that whole, we all have a bump card in wrestling and one day your bump card will be filled up. So it kind of helps save your body as well. So that's usually yeah. what it was, was listening listen to Raven's lunacies um, and hanging around him. Uh, but, you know, I, I love Raven, think the world of him and, you know, thought a lot of Dallas for giving me that advice and it, it, it helped me a lot in my career. Speaking of Raven, we were just up outside of New York last night broadcasting our podcast and we were with Sandman, um, Tommy and Shane. I'm in the back and Sandman and Shane are just going off and talking to each other and it was, I'm like, I'm having flashbacks here from when locker room stuff, I'm like this is mm -hmm. funny. But it was, it was cool, like Tommy's doing his thing, Shane's doing his thing, Sandman's doing his thing like he's always doing, but it was really cool to catch up and talk to them. So I'm having flashbacks last night. <laughs> I still had I still had the um, program from uh, um, Hardcore Homecoming back in what year, George? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. I'm bad with years. <laughs> was that the first one? Yes. That was the first one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, where it was like 136 degrees in the arena. Oh my God! It was always 136 degrees in the arena. Yeah, oh. and me and Simon and I worked uh, Chetty and Mikey opening the show. Yes. Right. I remember. Yeah. I remember standing in the ring and our adrenaline was running so high that Simon says it don't get any hotter than this. He said we're our adrenaline's running, so I think we just need to go ahead and go home. We ain't even been introduced yet. <laughs> I. I... I remember reffing in that building before, like it was after ECW, it was pro wrestling unplugged, and I did a couple spots, and I go in the back and almost pass out. I'm like, holy god! Yeah. But yeah, you I had the little, you had the little room to the side that was air conditioned right. before you, before the big change, and oh, then yeah. in the back you had the open spot. And I would tell you, you know, the one story I was going to tell you about Bobby Eaton involves that room was. Paul brought Bobby in to do a, a uh, was going to do an angle with me because one he knew how much a mark I was for Bobby and um, so I'm, I'm standing at the ring one day before the show and I'm walking to the back and if you remember before you had the gorilla you had the gorilla position it was the black curtain and you had the open space the door to the right they had the side room where like Taz and the Dudleys and all those changed and then you had the double curtain to the big room where everybody else changed well when I walked through and standing and I looked through the black curtain I could see Bobby sitting. At at a table with Paul in the back, my I started hyperventilating. I was like a kid, like a girl trying getting ready to meet Justin Bieber for the first time, and I had to go in. I had to go in another. I shit you not. I had to go in another room and calm myself down so I wouldn't look like a freaking idiot in front of Bobby before I went out there and talked to him. See that he's answering yeah, the question and we didn't even ask it. Dude, I would totally yeah. geek out to that. I, yeah, I did. That, that was I did. our geek out. <laughs> Now, mine, but you were there the night this happened. It was the night Carino and Dusty were in the bull rope match. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Carino and Dusty comes over and goes, when are we going to do this, baby? I'm like, Steve, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be back. See you later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, uh... But my geek out moment was with Shane Douglas yesterday. Last when, night? Because of the program. And I was like, I still have this. And that was like, I, I'm not geeking out for him. I'm geeking out for the program. And the um, planner and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is so cool. He, he's like, he's taking pictures of the book because he wrote the whole program. I had another geek out moment last night because we had, remember the red, was it the black and purple ECW shirts? where it said ECF and W on the back and a whole bunch of other things. Yep. So yep. Tommy walks by me and my stepson is on the shirt and Tommy goes, I made that shirt and just kept walking. <laughs> and like, Tommy made I'm a like, lot of, yeah, that's, that's funny. Really cool that he said yeah. that. It's like, I made that. 
It's like, I made that yeah. shirt. Not I, anymore. It's mine. Um, yeah. So I like to do this one question. Um, it's called Table of Five. You're the fifth person. So you're going to put four people at that table, but they all have to be ECW guys. Who would they be? Dead, live, whoever. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, Benoit, Guerrero, um, Shane, uh, Bobby, and Arn. Or do you want to call them the original ones that stayed there? ECW. What's that? Technically, Bobby and Arn were in ECW. Yes. yes. I said I'd take that because as a team as the fourth table. The night the line was crossed in 1994. Yep. Yeah. I was there. If if you want me to do more originals, like um, to ones that actually stayed stayed there longer. Oh no, no, um, I'm cool. I'm cool with that right there. I was counting them as a team. I got it. To put yeah, it funk. I, I would do funk, and God, who would be my fifth one? Jerry Lynn. So being being in ECW, I had a Jerry Lynn story. When you're done, okay. Being in ECW, do you remember a lady that drove people around named Mel? Barely. Barely. If um, I saw her face, yes, the name skips gets me. Maureen, 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 Marina. Yes, yes, that Maureen right next to me. Yeah, his son is part of the team. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I do remember the main Maureen now. Yes. Yeah, she passed away a couple years ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So, quick Jerry Lynn story for you. Okay. So I'm working 3KW, which is Carino, one of Carino's companies up in Trooper. And I'm reffing, and I come back, and I'm wiping my head off from reffing the match and everything else. And I hear somebody sitting next to me. I didn't know who it was. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, yeah, all right, how you doing? I take the towel off, and it's Jerry Lynn. I go, holy shit. I'm like, hi. I, I didn't know. Hello, I didn't, Jerry. Yeah, I'm like, hello. And I'm like, hey, Jerry. I met I met him a couple years ago at Icons. And I was just talking to him the whole time. And I'm like, oh, shoot. He's like a regular person. Oh, yeah. Jerry's awesome. Because we had a table, too. And I was just sat there the whole time. And next to me, he's like Nikolai Volkov. And around me. And yeah, I've always loved being around you. I've actually loved sharing the ring with Jerry. Man, he, he's amazing. And I'm happy for him in AEW. Yeah, um, me too. So, you got a question? All right. So... You're friends with Chris Hammack, so this is a given question. And Chris has done plenty. So, one of the questions on oh, here we like. You're doing that one? Yeah, I'm doing that one. Oh, you're doing that one? Yeah. You know, I'm the big fan of that one. Right. Do you have any, a good prank or rib story? I do that to Dave all the time. It's so great. Yeah, Chris Hammack, the whole show was Hammack just telling us about his ribs. Him <laughs> and Ricky Morton. Um, Tommy tells this one a lot, and it's always on me. And there, Tommy and New, and New Jack had a thing to see who could who could make me sick the quickest and make me throw up because I have a very weak stomach. And it was every week when we were in town, it was either Tommy or New Jack who would get to me first. Um, we are in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, one winter, and I get snowed in in Nashville with that idiot Mike Awesome and Bill Alfonso. Um, we have to. We finally end up in. We finally fly into uh, Detroit. I'm in a car with Mike as we're driving to Lacrosse. Mike is driving, getting high, and driving in a blizzard. We get to the building. The mat, first match is going on. I'm still with the Dangerous Alliance at this time, but my traveling click is Lou, Jack Victory, Steve Carino, Tommy, and Franny. Um, so I get to the building. Lou and I and, and Bill and our third, we work HC and Tom Marquez. Uh, I get through with my match. Next match is Carino and Tommy uh, with Franny and Jack. So we all kind of changed in the same area. And so I was changing. The match goes on. Uh, when it's, oh, I hear the one, two, three, they're coming back. Tommy comes through the curtain first. And 
and he's like in pain, screaming that he screwed his back up. Uh, Franny's flipping out, and Tommy's holding his back. And she says, what happened? I think it was the ladder bump, Tommy says. They come in the locker room, and they're about 10 feet from me. And by that time, Carino busts in the locker room with Jack, and he's apologizing. He's apologizing. And Tommy's like, what the hell were you thinking? Whatever. And Tommy goes, I think I shit my pants. And she goes... She goes, oh, no, Tommy. He says, Franny, I think you're going to check. She goes, oh, I'm not checking. Um, she said, that's disgusting. Well, he says, well, I guess I won't have to. When I heard that, I started getting up and getting the hell out of there because I know the insanity of Tommy. Um, because, you know, when Tommy and I would wrestle, he would some, he'd dump a trash can on me, pick up a half-eaten hot dog with the mustard and stuff off the floor and eat it off the floor just to make me sick. So while this, while he's saying he's going to have to check, I start making my trying to get out of there. Well, they've already kind of surrounded me and formed like a wall, like they're caring for Tommy, but basically they're keeping me from going anywhere. Tommy reaches in his pants. He goes, oh God, I did shit my pants. And he pulls out this chunk that looks like a turd. And I'm already flipping the hell out to get away from there. And then he takes a bite of it. All right. He did the Caddyshack spot. And I am losing my fucking mind. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to fight Lou and Jack to get through them. I go in the bathroom. I start throwing up. Lou had made fake vomit and come in there and throws up beside me. And come to find out before they came, they had they had sat there all day and they were so bored. That's what they came up with to rid me. And what Tommy, Tommy had gotten a brownie and shoved it in his pants. And that's what he had ate was a brownie. That is great. Oh my gosh, Lou. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that beats Dan Math and Brian Pillman's story. Oh my gosh, it did. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so great. Yeah, that's one that's one of the ribs that they would pull on me. Yeah, it was, and it was like, something like that every week. I like to ask this question. There's a lot of pet peeves in the business and Dave's pet peeve is when ref- referees don't count at the shoulders. They always out, count at the feet. Out of position. <laughs> right. And it's Mike's one too, and black shoes. Oh, black shoes. It's mine, too, because I get pissed off watching the show and I'm studying Wait, 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 wait. Side story. We were at a show. You, um, I think you remember Udog. Udog has his own company up here now called Super Crazy Pro. Dude, there was this there was this rev. Rev shirt, blue jeans, white shoes. I'm like, and, no. And he, and he looked like Larry. Is it Larry with the hair from the yes. Three Stooges? And he looked like Larry like, from uh, the Three Stooges. I was at a show where a guy, where a guy was tired of wrestling with his hat on backwards. <laughs> Was it Fred Durst? <laughs> I don't know. He, he was some clown of the promoters. Friend, friend of the promoter thought he could get away with it. Oh, my, my God. My student that was in the ring slapped it off of him. Good. Oh, that's great. So, do you have a pet peeve? Um, I am an OCD narcissist, so I have a thousand pet peeves of little things. Um, see, not wiping your feet when you're getting in the ring is one of them. Um, wearing jewelry in oh, the ring. That recently uh, happened. I screamed at the dude. It's like, take off your neck at that DCW show. Yeah, yes. if they don't take it off, I either choke them with it. If you got earrings on, I'll, I'll twist your earrings um, because it's supposed to be a fight. Um, yes. Let's see. People wearing hot stuff is a pet peeve of mine now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somebody else said that too. Yeah, yeah. Forget who it was. I haven't. No, I won't work if they have it on um i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think they're, they're so and so, it's, it's just like yeah there's so little things i think that's that's some of my big ones like not wiping your feet is one um yeah, that, people that's, not people not speaking people not speaking to you when they when they come in yes yeah. like, like i had this i had this happen last saturday night to two guys that we were wrestling i've never seen them in the business before and they didn't speak and they were walking around in the locker room like they had attitudes like they were better than everybody well we we get in the ring and they're ones that they stay in the same little city or town and they don't go anywhere and we get in the ring and when they start clubbing me like a seal the moment we're after the second one I asked the guy I said do I fucking owe you money um, every, so I was try, every time I tried to get him slap him chop him kick him he would like pull away from me and then finally in the back when I got in the back I cussed them both out uh, like bad because they were so 
so hard. But it's one of the worst matches. My fiance is my manager valet, uh, and she said, usually you can fix any match. Um, she said, but there was no fix. And she said, that's the worst one I've ever seen you do. And my part, my tag partner, Preston Quinn, I said, how many times did you hear me say motherfucker? He goes, I lost count. It's, 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 that's messed up. Yeah. One of the things Dave told me when I'm with him, say hello to everybody. And I do oh, yeah. anyway because I, I'm that person. I talk to anybody. I walk into the supermarket. I, I talk to people there. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I say, oh, you're doing a good job shopping. My, Keep up the good work. My new pet peeve is do your homework. Like we did a show in Ooh. Delaware a couple weeks ago and I'm talking to this one guy and he looks at the other, he looks at me and goes, who am I wrestling? I'm like, you don't know who that is. And it was, I don't know, know if you know who Corey Castle is or not, but. Know the name. Right. And the kid's getting ready to wrestle Corey Castle. I'm like, don't know who Corey Castle is. Mike, Corey's a freaking legend around here in this area. Are, are you kidding? I had, I had a couple years ago, um, uh, we were wrestling this, it was like, it was a six man. And one of the guys in the six man looked at me and said, bro, I don't mean no. He said, well, what's your name again? He asked me that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, wow. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm on Anderson. How, how, how can I help you? <laughs> I did that. I, I, I did that once. Side story. I usually tell, I believe this now, I usually tell him my name's Chris Hammer. <laughs> there you go. So we're, we're we're doing a show and I'm getting ready to ref and the guy who's doing all the paperwork just writes down Keener because I'm the only one there that night to ref and the uh, promoter goes Mike's here and the guy goes yes Mike is here mm -hmm. and so the ring announcer goes out and I'm getting ready to ref the match and ring announcer goes referee for this next match Mike Keener and I go out I'm like yay. Mike, yeah. Mike calls me the next day. Don't ever fucking do that again. <laughs> uh, this happened last. This happened yesterday. I was watching. You had Sean Donovan and um, Dan Mouth right there. The guy. I love Sean Donovan. Oh, I did too. I did too. Sean's man. a great guy. Great, great, great friend. Great guy. Great guy. So there's a guy coming, going around, recording things. He goes, "Well, what's your name to Dan?" And he goes, "Sean Donovan." No, 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 no. He said the big deal, Sean Donovan. Oh yeah. And he's like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "It's Sean Donovan." Uh. I yeah. I, I, I mean, we sat there with the veterans all night, and and it was fun just to hang out with them and listen stories and all that, mm -hmm. and road trips and all that stuff. Going into one of the road trips. Yes, going into one of the stories. It's called road trips. Um, do you have any cool road trips? Uh, yeah, I actually got um, I got one with New Jack that um, he gets hurt one night, and yeah, a lot of people probably already knew this, but even after ECW, New Jack and I remained close even up until when he passed away. I've, I've talked to his wife a couple of times this rest. week, and Sorry. and she told me she said thank you so much for being so close to him. He thought so much of you. He spoke so highly. He loved you to death. Um, and she said always, he always called you big head when he was talking about you so but one, one of my stories is when he got hurt one night we were going i don't know where we were but our next town was st louis and jack we were in driving his mitsubishi eclipse which you know is you know this is when i was like 250 260 um i was big fat cw heavy cw and jack was sitting in the, in the passenger so we were cramming that little last car and we're driving through if you've ever been around st louis and missouri it's yes. nothing but damn corn it's nothing but flat and cornfields so i seem like hours man we were driving and nothing but cornfields and then all of a sudden i look over to the left and it's 2 33 o'clock in the morning maybe a few hundred feet back there is a cross burning and i'm not talking like a little 10 foot cross i mean that's some bitch look like it was 15 foot high burning and it was a blaze and i'm taken back and i'm like holy shit and i like pop jack on his leg I hit him again he finally comes out of his slumber I said Jack what do you think about that and I pointed at that cross and he wakes up and looks at it and his eyes get real big and he goes keep driving CW just keep driving <laughs> uh, alright so we're gonna ask two more two more to get um, over with yeah uh, and then um, which yeah. one do you wanna do uh, 
let's let's do the let's do the, let's have a little fun first. You want to do the game? Let's do the game because we do games here. We, right. we, we're no, fun. No. Wait, let me warn him first because I don't know how he is with horror or anything like that. So no, dude, he's he's a horror. Uh, like, come on, he, he got it. Okay. He's an enforcer. He will knock you out. All right. So we got this little game. It's called the Five Questions of Doom. I do this little voiceover okay. thing in the beginning of it. It's kind of fun. And okay. I mean, all five questions are non-wrestling related. Yes. Okay. All right. So are you ready? Yes, I'm sure. ready. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Five Questions of Doom. Oh, he got on point. I love it. Thank you. Question number one. Okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Okay. I am too. I'm a tea person. Oh, yeah. There's this place in Delaware we can go and eat, and I don't remember. It's like something tree, and it's like a green tea with like fruit inside. It's so good. Yeah. Let let me rephrase that. Southern sweet tea, not that the northern tea where there's no sugar. It has to have... Enough sugar to give you diabetes when you're done with it. I will make sun-made sweet tea. Like, yeah. literally, I'll put it out in the morning and let that sun brew it. So good. And I, yeah. gave, I, gave, I gave Dave a uh, nickname. He's, he's called the, My Sweet Tea because he's my sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> Love sweet tea. Uh, Southern brewed sweet tea. Gotcha. Yes. Ready for number two? Wait a minute. Sure. Question number two. Fred Flintstone or George Jetson? Who? Fred Flintstone or George Jetson? Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Uh, seeing as how I've watched him like every Sunday still, um, I would have to go with George Jetson. Okay, okay, okay. I love that. I, I, I like them both. It's kind of hard. You know what I mean? Question yeah, number yeah. three. Okay. All in the family or the Jet. Jefferson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, all right. I'll say this with, okay, I will go with the Jeffersons, but there's no skit that tops, um, shit, that's mama's family, not all in the family. <laughs> but if, but if it wasn't for all in the family, there would be no Jeffersons. Correct. Right. Can I add one? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. All right. Let me add Denny's or Waffle House. So you have to say number four. Oh, sorry. Question number four. Denny's or Waffle House? I would go with Waffle House because that is the staple for wrestlers. Especially <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning when you're coming back from MCW. Yeah. Yes. And I've ate Waffle House so much, I don't even like going there anymore. But, uh, I, don't, you know. I, don't, I don't like it either. You got sheets and Wawa now. You don't need that. So right. we're good. Well, no, we have uh, Royal Farms up here too. I, I don't yes, like you actually do. Yeah, we do. But, but on like every corner. But I'm a, if there's a Royal Farms, there's a Wawa. But my whole my whole thing is, if you don't have Scrapple, I don't want to go there. So I don't go to Denny's. I haven't done Denny's because around here at one time, Denny's was very r- racist. Oh, were they? Yeah, they, they were very, very racist. I hate that shit. Yeah, so does, Chris, or so does uh, Chris when Tommy Dreamer does it. Gotcha. So are we ready for the last question? Question number five. Favorite non-wrestling athlete? Michael Jordan. There we go. I was going to say Phil Nicholson. Down. I saw nah, 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 I'll take Tiger Woods over Phil anyway. <laughs> Even though Phil just won the uh, PGA. Yes, I know. Yeah, I got a text right before that. They showed a meme that when Brooks Kepka was eight years old, he got he asked Phil, Phil Mickelson, Mickelson for an autograph, and Phil told him no. So yesterday, I, Sandman was in the room and all that, and like he got done talking to the boxer guy, and um, he's like a celebrity boxer. Oh, and, yeah, I know who you're talking about. So I think his name is Hazel or something. Hazel Roche. Like, so, the, like after the candy. They, so after they got done, they said something about um, Nikes or something like that. And I'm like, 
It's kind of cool um, to say, I mean, honestly, it's kind of cool you met Michael Jordan and then walked away. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, Michael Jordan to me is the GOAT. Oh, yeah. All right, big time. One more question. One more question. All right. So the last question is, do you have a good arena story, ECW story, something like that? Mm, let me think back to my time. Um, you know, my first match, my, fir- my first match was with, against Danny Rokio, against Skullbon Crush. And I hated tagging with Skullbon Crush because he never let me do anything. He always wanted to do my super kick and spine buster because it would help him shine because he couldn't get over him by himself. Um, and then he fussed me out afterwards because he said I was trying to take too much or do something stupid like that. Uh, so I remember my first arena match getting fussed out in the back and he threatened to get me fired. You know, I didn't know any better and knowing he didn't have the power. Um, let's see. The night that I wrestled, I wrestled super crazy one night and the finish was, I think it was the first time I wrestled crazy there. And I was still with the Dangerous Alliance, but I was starting to pull away and get my, because people were recognizing me as, you know, a singles wrestler and it's crazy Frankenstein me off the top rope to a table on the floor and rolled me back in and did him uh, his moonsault and pinned me and I remember as I was getting up they were chanting see fucking dub see fucking dub um, and I'm looking around going holy shit I finally into me I, I've gotten the approval of the ECW arena I think that was your that, crew I think it was my crew I think, I, I think that was your crew yeah. I think it was my crew and I can't <laughs> wait to say Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> so, do you yeah, have that me? was that was my cool moment for me. Yeah, that is awesome. We were actually talking about that the other day. What? What's that? When they were chanting the 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 C fucking dub. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, then he got it at the um when I did it my equip match and everybody the Hammerstein was chanting on the way back. That's the one story I tell. That's my one of my proudest moments because three thousand people on their feet chanting my name for that I quit match. Was that with Dreamer? Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite match with you. Yeah. I go back and I watch the um, MLW stuff. Oh, that's the war games, the so, extreme horse. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, me. see me shoot, run from Terry Funk because I'm scared, literally scared to death of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody else noticed it. I, I see from from hanging out with my brother and all that stuff. I I notice these things, and and it's funny. Yeah. Hey, um, one spot I'm in there. If you go back and watch again, you see Sandman start going around in a circle. And you see me walk away because Sandman's hollering, curly shuffle, curly shuffle. And as he's doing that, and I'm laughing, I have to walk away from him. Uh, And then uh, when Sandman has got the, uh, it's just me and him on the right-hand side, and he's got a shirt wrapped around my throat choking me, and I see Funk coming. I'm trying to get away because Funk comes and hits me with a barbed wire in the face. And then he wears my ass out with that kendo stick. And you see me go through the second rope fucked up. You know, real. I take a bad spill because I'm trying to get away. Because Joey mentioned that he's taking me to the woodshed. He was wearing my ass out, and I was trying to get away. He throws the chair across the ring and hits my wrist and jacks my wrist up. And I'm, I'm, I'm it hurts like hell. I'm not selling. I remember my brother was telling me the one story about the last night when everybody was in the ring and somebody handed Michael a beer. Mike took one sip of the beer and literally went on the side of the ring and almost puked. Yep. Brother, don't drink. No, he not that. Michael won't touch beer. Michael's a screwdriver guy. Oh, okay. He's like vodka and orange juice when he does. Okay, okay. Never touches beer. I'm the only one in the family that'll drink beer. Okay. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, actually I do. When we were in Alabama. Yes. Alabama. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. This was this was wonderful. It was great talking to you. Thank you for coming Thank on, God. Chris. Yeah, You're welcome, buddy. man. You're certainly welcome. Um, I muchly appreciate it, our, bro. Our, our guys, the guy that really does our um, mixer, you always ask the last question. Um, do you have social media or anything like that to tell the fans? Yep. 
everything as at ECW Anderson. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything's at ECW Anderson. Yep, easy enough. And if everybody messages me, whoever messages me, they always get a reply from me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to. We're going to end off the show, and then we'll do that little promo at the end. Sure. So go ahead, hit the last button right there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And this has been the Twenty Three Hundred Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener, alongside DB Richards, and we'll see you in the ring. And we'd also like to thank ECW original CW Anderson for being on our show. Thank you. Thank you. And good night. Okay, whenever you're ready, and this is ECW original, the Enforcer C. W. Anderson, and you're listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and I always listen to it because I'm an Anderson.